recording. Yeah. Linda was over here yesterday. The level was a little louder. She was oh. using my, my gear to do uh, to set up for... She's doing a recording for Thomas the Tank Engine tomorrow. Mm. Or today. Today, actually. So she's going to use my stuff. Excellent. Instead of going into Toronto, she's got four lines, and she needed somebody that had some equipment that could do it. So I helped And, you and you're somebody that has some equipment, all right. <laughs> hey. How long did that take? That might be a Humble and Fred record. That was less than 30 seconds. <laughs> Speaking of did you see, Hold did on. You see what Dan, did you see what Dan did there, too? No. Because I was about really to. low again when oh, he was yeah, telling us yeah. that story. Oh, uh, oh. Anyway, go ahead about the cream cheese, because I was going to go there. Too. No, I was going to so, say, speaking of cheesy jokes. I used to work as a psychiatrist, and this guy came in one time wearing underwear made of only cling wrap. I said, I can clearly see your nuts. I used to work as a psychiatrist. <laughs> I love that stuff. I know you do. Psychiatrist, and this guy came in one time wearing underwear made of only cling wrap. I said, I can clearly see your nuts. See? <laughs> It's just a little cheese for the uh, the people. Dan, what were you going to say? What? Cloud? What? What? No, I, I don't have anything else no, to say. Fred, I Fred I... was going to say something about cream cheese. Yeah. Oh, no. And then I decided not to because Linda Cash was the cream cheese right, lady. Right, right. Cream cheese lady for years and years and years. And then I thought people wouldn't know that. So shut up, Fred. <laughs> wow. Maybe you should talk to somebody about those feelings. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Fred. <laughs> Your inner voice is quite loud, huh? Yeah. See, mine just got, see my minor voice is very quiet. I just say shit out loud. Hey guys, it's time for It's time for another episode of Ask Funny Questions. Are you ready, boys? Get your uh, get your pens ready. And uh, answer the following questions. Ten points for each answer. Are you ready? Oh, hold on. I gotta get a pen. Okay. And I'm gonna. How do, do we I- answer? We blurt. No, no. It's not. A, it's not like a a thing where you get a right answer or a wrong answer. This is just oh, okay. a get to know uh, the show type of thing. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm playing along as well. Okay. All right. So each of us we're will get writing. To- are we sharing it now, or are we uh, writing them all down and then sharing? Oh, that's like- uh, interesting. Okay. I'm sorry that. Okay. Yes. I'll tell you what. Uh, why don't we do this? Keep your answers to yourself, but just write down. Uh, how many points you got? You ready? <laughs> All right. I should have thought this through. Write down how many points no, you yes. got. I don't know the point structure to this. Ten points for each, each answer that you've done. Okay? Okay. Thank All you. All right. For how instance. Many, how many questions? How many questions are there? Like, Dan, you know what? I'll come over there and punch you right in the face. <laughs> All okay. right. Here we go. Uh, answer ten points. Uh, ten points for each answer. Have you ever made money... Illegally. So that's question one. I'm putting down my answer just so you put down one and how many points? Ten points. Question two. Knowingly run a red light. Put down your answer and how many points? Number three. Sent an inappropriate text. Put down your answer. Give yourself ten points. Number four. Forgotten where I left my car. Oh, fuck. Ten points for that. Number five. Texted while driving. Number six, woken up in a strange place. Jesus. Uh, number seven. What's take, a strange place? 
Oh, Christ. Figure Jesus Christ, Dan. Uh, okay. No, just keep, just like, no, like knowing, knowing, like not knowing uh, how did I get here kind of strange place. Because or just as, you degree. woke up someplace. You woke at, up and go, where the hell am I? Or you're at somebody's house. Some chick you went home with. Whatever. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Okay, sure. Okay. Yes. Then. Okay. Okay. So we're on number seven. Number seven. Taking something from work. Number eight. Sat in the back of a police car. This is going to be interesting. Number nine. Gone skydiving. Only Dan Duran. Number 10, had a fake ID. And uh, number 11, let's just leave it there. So that's 10 questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, all right, add up your points and uh, I'll, go well, f- I'll go first. So Ten. if the answer is yes, you get 10 points? Like yes. I don't, what do, yes. what do you mean? If the, an- if the answer, I've said this now. 300 times give yourself Excuse us ten. for struggling a bit with a game that was just <laughs> no, thrown at us i know i know ago. i know yeah I give your I, but no you don't agree with fred i said it give yourself 10 points for each for answer for each answer you would answer correctly oh ten you didn't points. say that well they i answered them all correctly you no mean you didn't yes. you mean a yes answer a yes answer Okay, sorry. Because what do you mean correctly? Well, or if, no, yeah. if you've made money legally, illegally, give yourself ten points. Okay, so ten for a yes. Okay, yes. now we have it. Okay. Do you want me to do this all over again? No, it's fine now. You've explained it. If you explained it when the music was playing more clearly at the beginning of this, we wouldn't be asking these questions. Okay, okay good. I'm okay. ready to go. We're good okay. now. We're good now. Okay, okay, so I'll tell you mine. Out of ten, let's play your game. Out of these ten things. Number one, made money illegally. Yes, for me, 10 points. Um, in fact, my total score is 90 points. The only thing on this list that I have not done is gone skydiving because I have had a fake ID. Um, so I have 90 points out of a possible 100. Dan Duran, if you understood the contest now, how many points did you get? <laughs> I've got 80 points. Okay, so what didn't you I- do? What I, I didn't do fake ID. Okay, I've never done that. Never did a fake ID. And what was number seven? No, no. I'm sorry. What was number three? Sent an inappropriate text. No, I've never done that. And have you also sat in the back of a police car? Well, not for police reasons. But well, no, I but that's that's what. But no, but that's not because <laughs> <laughs> one day a Peter where he said, "Mr. Policeman, can I sit in your car?" <laughs> not for police. So you can't get ten points for that. It's not an experience. It's like, have you ever been arrested? <laughs> Just to make this a little more understandable. Yes. Why don't each one of us go through? Because you can explain. Because I have a bunch of. Answers here. I can't answer, but I can't attach them to okay, which one. Okay, so number right one, made money illegally. I have. Dan. Dan, yeah. have you done that? What did yeah. you do? What did you do to make money illegally, Dan? Uh, I took um, um, money for uh, something I did that I didn't and didn't report it. Okay. For me, I made money illegally for almost uh, four years in the States. Completely illegal. Oh. Because I was being paid uh, mm-hmm. without having a working social security number, which is the fake ID I had, mm-hmm. which, a, which was a non-working social security number. Fred, mm-hmm. have you ever made money illegally? Well, I was going to say no, but if it means like during our radio days doing gigs where the guy just paid us cash or is Probably. that illegally? Um, yeah. Number two, we've all knowingly run a red light. All of us have. Let's, let's not even pretend that we haven't. No, I have not. Knowingly run a red light? No. Accidentally, I've gone through a red light. Accidentally, knowingly. knowingly, like 
Okay. I can't say like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going through it anyway. No, I haven't. I'm too much of a suck that way. Okay. I think think of the insurance and what it would cost me. Sent an inappropriate text. Wait a minute. If that's the case, then I would have have said no to that then. Okay. Because I, you know, coming up on a red light, I think you know it's yellow, it's yellow, it's and then I, it's like on there, it's, it was red before I went in, so I did illegally do it. See, I've done it where it's it. been yellow and it's yellow. There's no one around. It's red, and I'm like, oh, is it yellow? And I just went through it. And, uh, no, I say okay. Then I'll say yes to that. Knowingly was the word. Yeah. There okay. That, yeah. Sent an inappropriate text. Absolutely not. No. Dan. No. Okay. No. Well, I have many. Tell um, us about it. No. You know, just inappropriate, to, you know. Okay. All right. Before uh, anger man- management No, no, over? the inappropriate, like, you know. Sexting or something. Sexting, exactly. You've, sexting. Never, you've never sexted anybody, Dan? I've had, uh, you know, erotic conversations, but I don't think it was inappropriate because we were both, uh, <laughs> okay. you know, doing it. Forgotten where I left my car. I was actually with Dan. Where I, one, of the, one of the many times I forgot where I left my car. We were yeah. at a concert in uh, San Francisco, Dan and I and a friend uh, at Berkeley, actually, and uh, we got so high on mushrooms we couldn't find our car for a long time. One of my favorite experiences with Dan ever. <laughs> just, just so happy and so high and no one knew where the car was. Fred, have you ever forgotten where you left the car? Uh, yes, if it means coming out of Canadian Tire and then walking into the parking lot and go, fuck, where did I park? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've done that and I've been doing it more lately. Me too. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I do? I've been to the, uh, the, the, the horn beep when you push the, the fog twice. That was a great invention. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and great. what I'll do sometimes, I do this, not sometimes. I do it in airports if I'm picking somebody up or if I'm in a con- going to a concert underground parking in mm-hmm. the city is I'll take a picture of where I have to take a picture of the, you know, P42 so I know where to go after. Mm. Uh, woken up in a strange place. I've done that. Uh, taking something from work. We've all done it. Yeah, like a post-it note or something like that. Something, yeah. Yes, I have. Uh, we sat in the, I've sat in the back of a police car. Uh, have been arrested. Oh, if that's the case, then, then no on me. Um, that's the threshold. Well, yeah, I've sat in the back. I was arrested one night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's the. I think somebody asking is not like, hey, have you ever sat in the back of a <laughs> of a convertible? No. It's, oh, well, okay. Then I'm going to know on that. Which one okay. is that? No? Seven? Yes. Okay. Uh, Dan's the only one that's gone skydiving. Yeah. That was great. Went with Lumby. That's right. And uh, finally, I uh, had a fake ID. Yeah, I had a fake, I had a, a, a non working social security number that I used as a fake ID. Mm. No. Well, there you go. What was what was number eight again? Um, I don't have them numbered. Sat, I think uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sat in the back of a police car. Right. And seven was just before taking that. something from work. Yes. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> so there's a little insight into the humble and Fred show. Dan Duran, associate. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really hadn't figured out the nuts and bolts of the contest. That's on me. I just yeah. thought it was interesting. Interesting. In those uh, days where you needed a fake ID ID to get into bars, I was always afraid to do that because I always looked younger than I was. So I just went to places where I knew they didn't ask for ID, and that word got out. There was those places. I, I never did that. I never. Um, yeah, I knew people that had them. I think my kids had, both of my daughters, at least one of them had fake ID. 
I don't know how they get it. Um, you know what? All of this has gone by, and we haven't even started. Hang on. The game show theme is still playing. We haven't even started the show. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a winterized pool, and from Lisa's dining room table in Peterborough. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta. And now, here are two men who plan on going as Santa this Halloween so they can cover off two seasonal costumes with one Amazon order. It's podcast teenagers, Humble and Fred. Yeah, this is actually, uh, I thought about this yesterday after the show because yesterday was day one of year 13. This is our bar mitzvah year. (laughs) This is our podcast bar mitzvah. Today we are a man. Thank you, Dan Duran. Is this show getting circumcised then? Yes, the show would already have been circumcised in year one. You know, listen, dude. I know you're not up on your Jew stuff, but, you know, you don't get circumcised at the, in the same year. 13, we don't, hey, we do a lot of bad things, Dan, but we don't circumcise 13-year-old boys. Oh, I thought that was part of it. No, you didn't. I, I guess, no, I, no, there's I, I, no. So, you know what? I gotta get. I can't give you a pass on this. There's no way you've been walking around the planet for seventy eight hundred years or whatever it is, and thought that thirteen year old Jewish boys got circumcised. If that's the case, if that is the case, I don't know what else to say to you. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's no. Did your son no. get circumcised at age thirteen? No, he didn't get circumcised. But now you, you make a good point. Yeah, was, that was it at birth, birth time. That was at birth time. Okay, well. So oh, when is it actually then? I'm literally sorry, I really don't know the actual date. Five days like, or seven days after the kid's born. Oh, okay. All right. So you didn't get uh, Colton circumcised, eh? No, did not. Interesting. Was that a... Uh, was that a... Uh, just, I guess, at the time, had it gone out of fashion? Like He's like 22 or something now, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's turning 21, actually. But yeah, no, I uh, we did you know, thought, well, you know, it, the, the, this boy has been delivered to the earth this way as a human being, and why would you, you know, why do we have to change that? So that was kind of the thought there. It didn't seem... Why like, were you, know, you circumcised? I think because it was tradition. That's what you just did when, you know... When I was back in the third, <laughs> back in the nineteen uh, thirties, yeah, I guess they originally they thought it was for uh, cleanliness reasons or something, and you know, I guess. Well, that's I don't think I think that still applies. You know, well, I suppose so. I, I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, no, know. we were the same way with Danny. We said no. Eventually, we did because there was some complications, um, which was a bit of a fucking shit show. But anyway. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird tradition too because they don't I mean not in 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 Judaism they do it not at the hospital where you know that's the, I didn't have to deal with it because of daughters but think about that or maybe you don't know this but uh, what they do you'd think that like most circumcisions are conducted in a you know Mm-hmm. hospital environment in, in judaism they literally do it at somebody's house they have the moil who's the circumcisor have you heard of that dan the moil i've heard of the moil so they come to your party <laughs> it's like you know seven days i don't know the exact number but some number of days where 
you gather around. I've been to one or two, and it's sort of surreal. It's like, really? oh, yeah. And then all the people gather around, you know, like the rec room. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of major operations are, ta- you know, take place. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, uh, they gather around and they snip off a bit of the dick. And Did everybody be- watches that. Oh yeah, it's like quite the, uh, it's quite quite the festival, Dan. Mm-hmm. Wow. What are you looking up Crazy. right now? Just Me? a couple of things. It's you, no, I'm looking worry. up circumcision. I was wondering if you were looking up <laughs> circumcision facts. Well, yeah, just the where it came from. But where does it come from? I, I haven't got there yet. Oh, it's okay. Fine. No, because I, I was curious. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. complicated, but I don't know whether Jews have been doing it forever, but when did non-Jews pick up the uh, practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Fred Gooling right there. Because yeah. I, I don't know. I just, uh, I just think it's all, I've always thought it was absurd that they did it at the, somebody's house. It's like, okay, yeah. do it, but shouldn't, mm-hmm. we, shouldn't we go to a medical facility? Sterile environment. A and sterile all? environment. Yeah, um, other how than, many... Uh, how Massive many infections have come from that? I have know, no idea. From, uh, from an unclean moil, uh, or well, to me, I don't. I don't think there's any comparison. I, you know, a circumcised pecker. I just think <laughs> looks better than an uncircumcised pecker. And I think if you polled women, <laughs> <laughs> pardon. <laughs> <laughs> if you pulled woman, nice one, Scruffy. They would probably. No, that was the champ. That oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I get, I get, I get my, uh, I get my old Q morning guys woman. mixed up. Uh, I think women would probably. Maybe we should throw that out to the audience. Let's pull the audience. Yeah, yeah. Ten, um, ten points for an uncircumcised penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, that's another reason I, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Daddy Kravitz because that, you know, he. They did the film about the circumcision. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was funny. And it took place, place in the people's yeah. rec, rec room. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about infections, Dan. I think Moyles have got the whole thing down, you know, to a... Well, I'm sure they do now, but this is this has been something... 6,000 years of doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they've yeah. been at it for a long time. Before yeah. they knew it. And I, I, I really don't know if you're wondering why, why Jewish baby boys were circumcised. I have no earthly idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were and they are, but they're not. They don't do it at 13. Because I'll tell you what, I went through the bar mitzvah. And if they had said, oh, by the way, in this year, you're going to have to uh, be circumcised. I would have said, right. you know, maybe, maybe it's time for the how man to leave this religion earlier. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what, so. What, what, are, what are the key parts of the bar mitzvah as far as well it's very much like uh, you have you were you confirmed i know that's a thing that little christian yep. people do Jesus. yep Went so confirmation confirmation there so yeah. there's confirmation there's the what do they do in catholicism they do uh, something else no the same thing same thing yeah. um yep. And so what and they then there's do, confirmation Sunday, the first time you can take the body of Christ and, you know, the, the first time you have to do what? Oh my God. Communion. <laughs> no, tell me more. You have to do what? You have to take the body of Christ and drink his blood. Yeah, that's a, you know, symbolic, uh, you know, <sighs> the bread. And the, what a fun, what a fun fantasy. But it's like a fantasy football league. <laughs> um, so basically, that's what the that's basically the same as a bar mitzvah. You become a uh, um, you become a this uh it's like you're called to the religion, so you become confirmed as a member of the official. Before that, you're not, you don't really count. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what bar mitzvah means. And you know, when you're a young Jewish boy in Moose Jaw in Saskatchewan, you're the only kid in your elementary school that's ever been bar mitzvah other than your brothers. You know, it can be a bit strange. There's songs associated with it too, like I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. <laughs> that's right. That is right. I'm a man, man. yes I am, and I um yeah, it's you know, it's funny to hear you guys go off on that, Dan, and just so not part of my world. All that stuff you just said, Dan, like what what is that? Anyway. What is that? I had to go to through two years of confirmation classes. It was an after school thing. And uh, my mom taught one year, and my dad taught the other. I was not a great student because really, I, yeah, no, I I pushed back a lot, both theologically, you know, and challenge all the stuff, and then also just <laughs> sorry, Dan 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 was talking about God. And he said, "I want to I want to speak to the manager." <laughs> this was uh, my bar mitzvah song as I came walking up to the uh, Torah. I was like, sunglasses, mic drop moments. Yeah, my uh, my entire year of school, the year I turned 13, so I turned 13 in January, but my bar mitzvah was in the spring. So from that September to that spring, I had to go to classes to learn the part of the Jewish Bible that I was going to be called to that service so that's what happens it wasn't a two-year process but it was a process and you know there i was playing by that time i was playing bantam hockey and i would have to tell my little non-jewish you know moose jaw kids hey uh yeah i won't make practice today because i do i gotta go practice this hebrew part in the bible in the jewish bible see ya Jeez. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. My only me. association with the church is, as a kid is that's where we played floor hockey on Thursday nights. That was it. Ironically enough, Fred, my peewee hockey team was mm-hmm. sponsored by a church, St. George's Church, actually. And, uh, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. It, uh, no, you know what? One year I played, too. Uh, one of the teams was sponsored by a church called uh, Wilmer Heights. Funny things. You remember, eh, as a kid? Yeah. yeah, I remember the coach. This would have been, I guess I was 12 or 13. The coach of our, because maybe it wasn't Pee Wee by that point, but uh, he uh, took me aside. He said, uh, hey, I heard you were smoking cigarettes. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Moore took me aside because I was uh, one of his star players. He's like, I don't think you should be smoking cigarettes. I'm like, is it because I'm 12? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's why? Yeah, you know. a priest would have said, "Hey, listen, would you like to smoke my cigarette?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what? What? What, Dan? That wouldn't be too far off base. Uh, it, for some, or, that's true, yeah. No, for some, yes. You were smoking cigarettes yeah. now. As punishment, you must touch this. Touch this uncircumcised <laughs> priest wiener. <laughs> By the way, I believe that's the first time in my 63 years I've said uncircumcised priest wiener. But I don't think I'll ever stop saying it now. Another t-shirt, another t-shirt. Ah, that's right. That is a great t-shirt. Uncircumcised priest wiener. <laughs> <laughs> oh fun oh man well anyways daniel that's uh that um in 1985 i was uh, 25 years old fred would have been 29 years old dan you were 50 at that point <laughs> right yeah and uh something significant happened on this day in 1985 and that being 
uh, something that at the time was kind of like a technological wonderland, a uh, big advance in this particular part of the entertainment industry, and that is the very first blockbuster video opened today in 1985. And why I said what I just said is because I remember distinctly, Dan and I used to have uh, a series of VHSs that we used to tape Star Trek, and I also had a, a series of them where I would, you know, uh, tape different comedy specials. But being able right, to go... They were labeled Day of the Week. Right? Days of the Week. I had Letterman. Monday, Tuesday, yeah, Sunday, I had Letterman, yeah. Days of the Week. And, um, but think about that. Like, that was such a big advance, because up, up till then, you, you basically watched a movie when the television station, unless you went to a movie, the television station would show a movie, and you'd be like, it was a big deal. Yes. Yeah, like they had like the Sunday night movies, and I remember CHCH Hamilton. They were known for their movies. Yeah, appointment viewing for a movie. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And then you talk about blockbuster back in back. I guess it was nineteen eighty five. Working with Pete and Geets, and Geets being the technical guy was all over it. He recommended to me that I buy Beta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It was at the time. I guess all right device, but or advice. But as it unfolded, it wasn't because a lot of those video places just didn't deal in Beta, right? Yeah, it was. A, there was two for a while, but Beta was yeah. better. Better. I never had one, but it was the better quality. I mean, oh, Beta was better. But VHS was the dominant. Was the dominant. You know, I was driving home from somewhere, and the QEW eastbound was just all bunged up. And so I got off at, I don't know, Aaron Mills Parkway, and then it goes down to the lakeshore. And I sort of drove through my old neighborhood around South Down Road in Mississauga on the beginnings of Rattray Marsh. And I drove by what was then a blockbuster video. I don't know what it is now. Maybe it's a bank. But I remember distinctly going to that one. And always, it was that whole thing. We've talked about this recently, I think, where you oh, take, yeah. you know, it was just, I would call Randy and they don't have the movie mm-hmm. we wanted is, okay, should we, should we get yeah. this one? And, yeah. uh, you know, if you had to put, if it was a first run movie that you wanted to see, like a big one, like Back to the Future or something, and you had to put your name in and you have to come back and keep checking to how many copies they had. Can you even imagine the, in the early our, ones were like one day rentals. One day like rentals, they were new releases that you had to have it back the next day, as opposed to the other ones were like three days. Or and then I'm, all of us, oh, I'm yeah. sure, I mean, we could get ten points for how many times bringing a movie back late. Oh yeah, I've had a huge uh, <laughs> uh, blockbuster yeah, so uh, late thing. Yeah, but you know, I got to you got to Howard. You and I have to give each other credit because at a time when everybody, you know, the the uh, light would flash on the VCR because they never nobody know how to set it we were early adopters of time shifting because we we had a tape in there every every day even if yep. we never watched the Letterman show or Star Trek or whatever it was we, we shifted time to match our own well story. that's because we were involved in uh, smoking marijuana and we wanted to make sure we had entertainment I used to do that too with Hill Street Blues because it was on at 10 o'clock at night and uh, obviously my schedule I loved that show yeah me too and uh, yeah I remember that Let's be careful out there. The yeah. morning, the morning after, because being on at ten, I would have to be in bed. Another thing about that, fellas, um, you talk about price. I like to talk about the price of things. Um, well, I think that Betamax machine I bought in nineteen eighty five was like eight hundred and ninety nine dollars. 
Like, Come what on. would that be? And oh yeah, what would that be? And because <laughs> it was a Sony Betamax, it was expensive, like big time dough. They were expensive back then. A lot of electronics. And stuff. what would the VHS of the day be? They were probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Oh, absolutely, they were. I don't think they were the same as uh, the Betamax Sony, no. but for reasons I still don't remember, but I know I had one. What what was it called, Dan? It was a it was a disc, it's a big disc, a something disc, uh, laser, a laser laser, laser disc. disc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that came a little bit later. Well, I got one, yeah, thinking know, that, yeah, and, yeah. and they thought that was going to be, but it was mm-hmm. like a movie disc the size of an LP. Yeah, yeah it looked like that, an album. Yeah, yeah it was it insane. Was, it was higher quality than VHS, and then came DVDs. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and there was uh, there was other sort of disc versions of things too, wasn't there? There's like. Uh, uh, I just remember DVDs and, and this. I, I probably st- up yeah. until a couple moves ago, I still had that. When, in fact, in 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 Oakville, when we put in the big entertainment uh, thing with the screen coming down from the the ceiling, we still had that laser disc somewhere. And I think everybody can relate to this. I, me, for example, in this room behind me, I have a box full of personal family. Uh, VHS tapes because I eventually went to VHS because you get the camera. Remember? Yes, yes. The li- remember the little Super Eight cameras yep. too. And for what twenty years now, twenty five years, I've been saying I'm going to have that converted to digital, and <laughs> still haven't. <laughs> That'll be in your will. Convert yeah. those to digital. <laughs> but Fred, of all of yes. all of us, when it comes to VHS blockbusters and renting movies yeah. and cameras and this and that, you, I, didn't you buy a was it a VHS machine in New York City? We've told that. No, story. that was going to be a camera. Ah, that's right, right, right. I hadn't got a video camera yet, right? And I was scammed on the street. Guy stopped me and said he would sell me this camera for a hundred bucks, and it was in a box, and it had the shrink wrap on, and it looked like it was just straight out of a store. And I was, uh, you know, I should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And then I thought, a hundred bucks, let's go. And I gave him the hundred bucks and get on to the bus with all these CFNY listeners and CFNY workmates and open the box. And it was full and uh, full of the New York Times. There was no camera inside. Oh, you did a swap <laughs> Oh, yeah. They opened the box and put the paper and then shrunk wrap it. And they even put like a bill of lading on it and all yeah. that stuff. But it looks so real. No, they didn't do a switcheroonie, Dan, because they never actually showed Fred the camera. They just showed no. him the box and it had the, oh. the weight <clears throat> And the inside. guy was brilliant. I said, let's see the camera. I can't, man. I don't have the time. And I'm going, well, okay, I'm not going to buy it. And it, maybe it started at 200 and then it got down to 100 and... He fished me really good because mm. he made it like I had to make the decision right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And I couldn't see it because, you know, why would I be looking at a camera on the street? You know, the guy didn't want to bring attention to it. And he just knew how to play a fucking idiot from like me, you know, like I was a kid. A well, kid. there's another thing we could do. Ten points if you've ever been ripped off. I have. Mm-hmm. But mine was a drug deal gone awry several times. Mm-hmm. Uh Dan, uh, will you be uh, in a mind to uh, do a, a newscast today? Is that something you feel like you would uh, okay, help sure. us out with? <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll go away and do some reading and come back. Um, I did send Dan. It wasn't really a story. It was just the type of thing I knew that Dan loves. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> yeah, just tell, tell Fred what it was. It was pretty cool, actually. In Red Deer, Red Deer, Alberta, 
which is halfway between Edmonton and Calgary. And where you didn't you you didn't work in Red Deer? No, you worked in Lloyd Minster. That's right. Yeah, I worked in Lloyd. Yeah, no, I Red Deer. Uh, yeah, I just spent no time in Red Deer. But apparently, they're uh, they're moving over to their, uh, you know, the. Uh, different kind of parking system as opposed to the old metered parking where you had uh, coins in it and they're selling those meters they're selling parking meters parking meters yeah be kind of cool the old school parking meters yeah and you can buy them i thought you know that's the type of thing that dan duran would take a parking meter mm-hmm. and you know turn it into a working popcorn machine or something you know <laughs> you know what yes. i mean like he would repurpose it or he would it would make it he would put it at the beginning of his driveway in the trailer and turn it into a light that's you know, as soon as i saw it i said dan duran you should order some parking meters They're like 40 bucks a meter and do something with it dan, dan duran eyes the parking meter put one behind your new trailer to help pay for it <laughs> That's right. Charge people. Yeah. <laughs> charge people 25 cents every time they come to visit you and park. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's he'd, go, he'd be going down the park. You know, if you're having visitors and they need a place to park, they can park behind my place. <laughs> right. It's not trailer for sale or rent. It's parking space for uh-huh. rent. That's great. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, one thing, a similar story to that I saw this morning. You know, they're renovating the Rogers Center and the Blue Jays' exit, right. early exit from the playoffs allowed them... To begin, and uh, there are thousands and thousands of those blue seats behind home plate, you know, in the 100s uh, level. I've ended up in some dump in Vaughn or something, and now it's some controversy. Like, why weren't they sold, or why weren't they offered to the fans that, you know, were season ticket holders and what have you? And I just thought, um, you know, I have one from Exhibition Stadium here. You know, when Maple Leaf Gardens closed, they sold those seats. Yeah. And they were saying that the that uh, Rogers should have sold the ones they just took out of the Rogers Center, but Rogers countered with, you know what, they weren't even sell- salvageable, which I believe, because believe me, if there was a dollar in those seats for Rogers, they would have sold the best. Yeah, they would have figured it out for sure. <laughs> he would have figured it out. Yeah. yeah, I saw that story. I didn't know they had dumped mm-hmm. them, but I did see some fans mm-hmm. who were up in arms. Um, all right, maybe you could get one of those seats, Dan, and then charge people. <laughs> they sit down next to the parking meter. Yeah, right. All right. Dan Duran, the man, will be back uh, shortly with his news. And uh, we're going to get to everyone's emails here in a second. But first, who are you going to hey, talk to? back. Yes. Welcome back. There you go. Welcome back. Welcome back, Bodog. Uh, Bodog is uh, Humble and Fred client. There was a little bit of a lull there, but they're back because HumbleandFredRadio.com works. Hey, tonight, uh, Thursday Night Football, the Jags and the Saints. It's pretty much a toss, toss-up, people. That's your Thursday night offering. Uh, whether you're a sports better, uh, a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of long, online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. So again, tonight's game a toss-up. You want to hear a weird sports statistic before I tell you about mm-hmm. EV Net? Let me just uh, turn the music down here for a second because when I, this isn't a commercial. Um, the Winnipeg Jets recorded the lowest attendance in franchise history last night since moving from Atlanta. What? Oh. 11,226. Mm. 
which is 73% of their capacity. Mm. So Not the reason, what, pardon me? Not good. Not good. Um, I, I bring it up because I saw this as I was going to go check the Facebook feed. And I, I wonder is, I thought that the, my perception of Winnipeg as an NHL franchise again was that it was being supported. It was like the darling of the city. And yeah. And so what is the problem? I mean, I'm reading here that the prices aren't, I guess the high, their prices are high. I guess. I, maybe that's part of it. And the here's the problem with a market like Winnipeg. Free agents don't want to go there. And when players become really good, they want to leave there. Having said that, Hellebuck, their goaltender, and uh, <clears throat> Mark Shifley, is it? Just signed long-term deals. Because Winnipeg literally maybe had to overpay them to stay. But I think in the minds of the fans sometimes, it's like, what's the use? You know, unless we have a bunch of guys under contract that are capable of winning the Stanley Cup, soon as we become good, we're going to lose our good players. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys, especially American players, they want to play in that market. So I think over time, it just wears on the fans. Maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah, you think about it. If you're a young prospect and you, you know, part of what you want to do is build a brand for yourself. That ain't the place to do it, man. No, it's not. And... The NHL has revenue sharing, and but even to that point, it gets to to the point where sometimes the haves they get tired of dishing out money to the have-nots if there's no real light at the end of the tunnel. You know, and being a small market, as you said, you know, players as far as endorsements go and stuff, it's just doesn't it's not there. And so, what, what year are I, 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 I'm going to sound stupid, but I've lost track. How many years has the tra- the franchise been back there? Has it been 10 you years? Know, off the top, Howard, I don't know, maybe 10 years or okay. so. Well, no, I just uh, remember at the beginning, it was such a, it was the darling of the province and it mm-hmm. was a great thing and, you know, the, the novelty, et cetera. But apparently that novelty has worn thin. And they have... I mean, to begin with, I think the smallest capacity of any rink in the uh, league as well. Although, right now, the Arizona Coyotes are playing a college arena with 5,000 seats, sort of an interim thing. Right. But as far as NHL arenas go, I think Winnipeg's the smallest, just over 15,000. Well, yeah, if, if uh, 11,000 is 73%, yeah, so it's 15,000-ish. Um, all right, mm-hmm. just a little uh, break in between uh, talking about our fine sponsors. For instance, EVNet Electric Vehicle Network. RentElectric.ca is how you uh, you know get a hold of everybody, or you can call them 1-800-387-9391. The electric vehicle revolution is here. And you can be part of it. A Tesla, a Chevrolet, Nissan, all of it's there. Uh, rent it for a day. Check it out. Maybe it's uh, not right for you, but you'll know. Maybe you want to take it for the weekend. You can. Or even for seven days. And uh, right now, you can use the uh, promo code or the voucher, Humble EV, to get $40 off your first rental. It really has been a, uh, an education for us and the audience answering questions about range, short range, long range. How do you, uh, you know, charge it? What are the processes? And a lot of people have, I think, had a lot of objections overcome. And now if you want to try it out for yourself, do it. Go do it now. 1-800-387-9391. RentElectric.ca. Um, 
All right, I just want to set this up before we do. The MS. <laughs> um, no, I was just thinking about uh, all the Dan Duran nonsense. <laughs> Someone just on, uh, we were talking about circumcised penises. Uh, Tanya answers the question, why, where, where did it come from? And she said it, this is on Facebook. She said uh, it was, it represents the covenant between Abraham and God. So it was obviously based in religion. Mm-hmm. And then she also weighs in on the other part of it. She says, uh, they all look the same, talking about penises. They mm-hmm. all look the same when they're doing what they're meant to. So thank you, Tanya, for that uh, report. So obviously she's seen one. Mm-hmm. Well, she knows what they're supposed to do, apparently. <laughs> um, <clears throat> before we officially start mm-hmm. the emails, um, I won't go through everybody... You know, all the regulars uh, weighed in on this Israeli thing and my feelings about it. Some, I, there's a, they're, and they're all very heartfelt, but they're all very long. And so, I don't want to mention everybody, but, you know, I, we really appreciate you sending these thoughts. I do. Um, just before we get to that, though, we, there was, I wanted to answer this question because we've had it. We've had this question about Tarzan Dan at least mm-hmm. three, three or four times. Yes. And the email, I think it was last week, what about Tarzan Dan? Or maybe it was a couple weeks ago. And we have an answer. Tarzan Dan was asked to be on the show, and his answer was a hard no. (laughs) He declined. He declined. He doesn't doesn't do that kind of thing. Yeah. Which is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And before we get to the emails, I want to ask you, Howard, is is this a too soon you know, whenever something tragic happens, yes, and then people make jokes and oh, too soon, oh, too soon. A real estate agent in Vaughn has been suspended for posting this on his Twitter account. He had a picture of Gaza City in ruins, and he posted on it, "Coming soon, one hundred thirty square miles of nice oceanfront." Okay, wow. <laughs> Of nice, no utilities, no water, no power. That's what he put on it. A real well, estate. yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's not an a, a matter of too soon, but it's like if that was your job, selling real estate, mm-hmm. is, that the, is that the bit you want to die on? 130 square miles of uh, oceanfront. Yeah. No utilities, no water, no power. Is that a too? Would you say that's a too soon? You know, and again, for a real estate agent, I would say yes. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I just said. I don't know. It's it's not. Mm-hmm. If, is it? It's a terrible bit, but it's a. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if that was your job selling real estate. Hmm. It, it's not even a question of too soon. It's it's too dumb. How would you? So the real estate board has suspended him. But would you buy a house from that guy? And forget about no. Here's the thing. Forget about being offended. It's just no, you, that no. guy's just too dumb. Yeah, yeah. What well, part of him thought that? Yeah, this any good can come from this? Yeah, like you know, we talk about having meetings and what about how? Where in the meeting did that come up? Where in the meeting in his brain did he think? Hey, mm-hmm. I know, I know what I'll do. I'll just this will get me a couple of sales. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, like whether you're pro or anti any part of the argument what part of that would you look at and go oh, that's that's clever that's clever let's i'm going to call him for my next condo purchase <laughs> yeah. fuck me 
and 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 as far as being suspended, he he, sh- he shouldn't even be doing the, his the business because no one's going to want to buy something from him. No, it would be weird if you you were using him and then saw this story this morning and thought, wow, kind of a whack job is this guy. Anyway, all right, so um. <laughs> Uh, and I was going to, you know, like, I guess, like I said, there's uh, so many emails and uh, very, very appreciative. Uh, lots of messages to me. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, appreciate that. Uh, Jennifer Kelly, we're not going to play yours, but appreciate what you said. Don't agree with it completely. Uh, Jennifer's point to me was, well, you know, you said the same thing about, you know, when a comedian is anti-Semitic. And I'm, well, OK, what I said at the time differed slightly but you know yeah i was a little I'm dis- sorry explain that what do you say when, when when Chappelle did that thing about anti the, the thing right. about the jews yeah i was pissed off but for a different reason um and i went hmm. apparently she reminded me at the time i said I, I was surprised there wasn't more of a reaction from the audience fair point but uh it's a little bit different mm-hmm. um so we have but so what we we decided to do or when i, when I was putting them together i sent them to fred and, and we kind of like we're, we're going to touch a little bit on uh of course the big issue of the day but we didn't want this. I didn't want this to completely take over all the emails because, as Jennifer did point out, there's lots of other things on the show mm-hmm. that people come to us for, and and not it doesn't always have to be. People aren't coming here for the heaviest of the heavy hits, right? So yeah, once in a while we have some stuff that's heartfelt and sad, and then a lot of times we have stuff that's just nonsensical. So we're going to recognize that some of that was happening on the program as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get Hi started. Guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Okay, uh, subject matter here. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is from uh, Tom Lovato. And he says, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I'm not a regular email contributor, but I am a loyal listener. My apologies to Howard for not reaching out after the horrific attack on Israelis uh, on October 7th. As you've stated many times, the hate crime versus Jews, proportionately uh, speaking, is ridiculously skewed. Uh, And then he goes on to say, I just listened to the Tony Clement episode, and as usual, Tony provides deeper layers of understanding as it relates to the conflict and how it impacts the other players in the region. Then he goes on to talk about being a centrist, wanting to vote conservative, but does not like Pierre Poliev. I won't get into that detail. Then he says, Fred, taking your family of six to a professional sporting event and only spending $120 for food seems reasonable uh, to me. Uh, okay, that's part of the problem to me is, uh, you know, we just we become numb to it. Lastly, the constant debate on tipping for pickup orders. He says, do it. I assume that gets distributed to the backroom cooks as well as the person handing you the order. Again, no disagree. Uh, but thank you, Tom Lovato. Resting heart rate, mid-50s. Wow. Another Jesus. One. Wow. That is good. All movements regular. Excellent. There you go. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you. Hi, guys. This is from uh, Mike Hannafin. Hi, guys. Friend of the show, regular contributor. And the subject is uh, clarifying the Quint question during the Tony Clement uh, appearance. And he just says in brackets, HG sound effect. That's hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Playing catch up on episodes going back to uh, last week. Thanks, Howard, uh, for all the personal insights. And I appreciate the nuance and context, which is sorely missing. In most conversations about this situation, calm, intelligent discussions are what we need most at these times. 
Tony Clement added more much welcome to perspective. And I just want to pause here. You know, a lot of people have asked us and we get why Tony Clement and, you know, they'll say this and that. But as you and I have said, we, we like the guy and we always get reaction from him. Mm hmm. So that's why we have him. We have him on because because of the kind of life he's led, you know, the access to high level politics that none of us have ever experienced. Mm hmm. So um, I have to clarify, though, says Mike, uh, about Tony's comments about Canada being left out of the G5. And this was an interesting comment that Mike made because because Tony didn't have this information. Canada has been out out of the so-called quint U.S. plus four European powers going back to the Stephen Harper years as prime minister. Rightly or wrongly, Canada is just not a player when it comes to military influence. So those countries leave Canada out. Side note, and I did want to bring this up, but uh, I'm not sure you've seen it. Side note, says Mike, when I say you, Fred, did you see the pod, the video of Polyev eating the apple while arrogantly talking down to someone in the Okanagan? Of course, the ultra white, ultra right wing faction ate it up, you know, owning the libs and Megan Kelly, uh, that nut job from America has reposted it going, this is what we need in the States. Mike finishes up by saying, congrats on 12 years. Keep going as long as you want to. You've earned every gore damn thing. Thank you, Mike. So lots, you know, Mike's a, Mike's a good guy. I like him very much, but he has a blind hatred for conservatives and the right. And, uh, again, stuff like that, you know, Poliev. Did you see the thing of Poliev with the apple? Well, again, I could I could show you a hundred videos of uh, Trudeau not answering questions or being arrogant with the actual people he's supposed to serve with his answers. And you know what I mean? It's you can play that game any way you want. It's just at the end of the day, you have to say, you know, regardless of political stripe, what is best for me? What do I think is best for the country? And I just wish more people would do that. I but saw don't. I, I've seen it's funny. I, I, mm-hmm. I saw that video several times this week and then I rewatched it this morning. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing, by the way. It, it's because mm-hmm. it, the one online that most people have reacted to is a very short, like a two minute version of it. And it's a two minute version of it. It's not a good look on Polyev. I'll just say that. He's I'm a bit, sure it's not. It, he's made a lot of mistakes that way. But you should go watch it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at least it's just it's he's got this well this vibe about him. Mm-hmm. He, it, first of all, it's just rude to continue eating. It, it looks rude continually mm-hmm. to, to continue to eat this apple while this poor old dude is fumbling trying to ask him a question about this and that. And it's mm-hmm. but the longer version when. Pierre Poliev starts to actually answer the questions. Right. Is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's he as politicians go, he handles it pretty well. But the shorter mm-hmm. version, I gotta tell you, makes him look like a dick. It does. Sure. But as I say, somebody could go out today and craft quite a video of the current prime minister. Oh, okay. Doing similar things because it's out there. Believe me. And a dilemma someone like me has who I don't, you know, I can't stand Justin Trudeau. I don't want to vote for him. I I don't think he deserves to. I want to look beyond the Apple video. What's the guy going to do for the country as a 
legislator, as a you know, uh, as a leader. That's uh, yeah, but they're not. He, the thing is, everyone in as I said to Tony the other day, everyone. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest thing in the world to be as the opposition. He's saying what yes. everyone in opposition says: "I'll cut your Absolutely. taxes. I'll do this better. We're going to be doing this better." And then they get into government. I've pointed this out, and they're the same. They're the same because there's only a yep. narrow window of shit they can actually do. But they say, what, "What is that old thing in politics? You you promise the world and you deliver. You know, very little, really." Um, mm-hmm. But it's I, I, also interesting that you say you say you you can't stand Justin Trudeau yet. I I can point out four or five times recently where mm-hmm. you've been where you have been able to stand him. And oh it, no, I've agreed with what he's done. Like I'm not just because it's Justin Trudeau when he pushes back against the Indian thing in in BC or what he his statement on what happened in Israel. Just because I hate him, I'm not going to applaud. It's, I'm not going to not applaud him, but even though I agree take, with it, because but, of who he is. But does that not take down a notch or two of your hatred for the guy? Because you've been impressed by the way he's handled several things. The convoy. No, I'm, ju- you know yeah, I mean? I'm judging him over the past, you know, how many years now? Eight, nine years. And yeah. to me, he's been a dismal failure collectively. Along the way, he's done some good things. You know, okay. Not enough for this fella. Okay. Well, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, you keep saying, I hate the guy, but yet you are impressed by some of the stuff he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, there we are. Moving on. This is Hi all guys. great discussion Hi here guys. on the Humble and Fred Show. Hi Who's guys. up next, Freddie? Uh, subject matter, Eric Swanson, Freddie's new bestie. This is from our buddy Mike McCulf in Buffalo. And he says, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, knowing how much Fred hates Canadian geese for the pests they've become, I'm guessing Eric Swanson will be on the show soon as Freddie's new bestie. By the way, I'm all for Eric Swanson hunting. A guy, uh, he's talking about this video a guy posted. Uh, it was Eric Swanson. He had been um, hunting and uh, he shot a bunch of Canada geese. I mean, th- there's got to be 20 of them. Right. I guess. Um, and a guy posted a video saying, oh, how horrible that he did this and how could he shoot birds when he actually plays for a team called the blue jays just disjointed nonsense (laughs) do you want to do you want to hear a little bit of it it is pretty funny yeah yeah okay okay this is eric swanson (laughs) in front of 16 dead canadian geese this isn't me coming down on hunting the guy the way the guy's wearing a blue jay hat that's not what this is about at all it's just the optics you stupid idiot. You're a relief pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, a Canadian team that has a bird on it. And here's you in front of 16 dead Canadian birds that flock south for the winter. Okay? When you flock <laughs> north for the summer, you don't get shot. Okay? Your punishment should be you get paid in loonies. Anyway, it goes on. I mean, I, I, listen, the, guy's, the guy means well. But it's just so, like, off, as you say, it's a little bit uh, skewed. The first comment underneath, underneath is, the off-season hasn't even technically started yet. And we're already this bored. <laughs> oh, I know. But I would say, um, if he's posted that, Eric Swanson, um, you know, it's hunting season. It's legal to shoot those birds. Yeah. And if I had a may, my way, instead of 16, I wish it was 32. And I, I think know. there's no attachment to Blue Jays or Canada. It's hunt. The guy likes to hunt. I don't yeah. like to hunt. I don't know why people hunt. But it's hunting season. I'm sure he has a license, and he shot some of these birds. It's and not it's like he shot a bunch 16. of yeah. Didn't yeah. shoot a bunch of blue jays. He didn't, no. shoot, he didn't massacre a bunch of baby blue jay birds. And it's 16 less. I shouldn't say that. 16. Okay, so say that's eight couples, which would produce about 10 each. 
that many more Canada geese that will not be shitting on front of my trailer next season. Excellent. That's the way I look at it. That's great. You know what? Good good on Jeff. Uh, All right. um, So I'll get into some of these. This is Tanya Hutting. Tanya Hutton. Is that Tanya also just said? Yeah, Tanya just, uh, isn't that interesting? Tanya commented on Facebook today, and now I'm reading Tanya's email. Mm -hmm. Tanya says, hi, guys, in brackets, stated, not implied. Hi, guys. I'm glad to have you guys back at regular programming capacity. I myself had to spend much of September catching up on the summer shows as my youngest was electrocuted. Wow. Her youngest uh, child electrocuted in July spent almost three months in Sunnybrook and St. John's Rehab. So she says, I was glad to have only the summer schedule to catch up on. And uh, Tanya, sorry to hear that. I, I, this sounds maybe even morbid, but I, I'd love to know the details of that. Yeah, no kidding. Kid get electrocuted. Just, I mean, from a safety standpoint for others to know, you know, Tanya goes on, uh, just as I am recovering from that personal tragedy, the world decides to go absolutely shit again. I haven't got the capacity to process anything beyond fuck religion. Right on Tanya. And what gets done in the name of religion. Also right on Tanya. My head hurts. My heart hurts. She says. For all the innocent lives lost and for anyone who becomes the target of hate and violence based on religion, ethnicity, ethnicity, or anything else. Right on, right on, right on. On a lighter note, I just flew back from Cape Breton and as a bigger girl, I wondered... <laughs> fuck, this is great, Tanya. She says, and as a bigger girl, I wondered where on this plane would Dan Duran install my fat cage? <laughs> oh... I should have saved that for Dan. Yeah, well, hey, Dan, mm. where does Tanya's fat cage go? Last question. Tanya says, did you ever talk to talk about Fred and Delise's experience at the senior center? Uh, hold that thought for a second. Resting heart rate. I don't know, but it's too high. Bowel movements. Wish they were more frequent. Cheers. Tanya. Hundy P since Voldemort. That's who that is. How uh, we never so we never did talk about. Yes, Tanya, if you have more details about the electrocution. But uh yeah, a couple things have slipped by. I didn't hear about your glasses. And I don't know, have you been to the senior center? Yes, it's quite the story. It is so popular we still haven't got on the court yet. They have this weird system at the senior center where it uh paddle or uh, pickleball is so popular that you have to be sitting in front of your computer at a, a precise time, seven days prior to the event, and try and click on and pay, and it's it's really aggravating. I got through next Thursday for the very first time. I'm going to play. I couldn't get the lease in because there was only one one uh, position left so i'll be able to report back thursday about going but delise and i went over the other day thinking we could just drop in and play pickleball and we were told that we were told this uh, we were made aware of the system i just described uh so we sat there and watched some other people (laughs) and then we watched a couple of other classes in november we've uh, signed up for uh, strength and stretch there you go there was one of those going on and we walked in and it was like oh it was like maybe a dozen women 75 to 80 years old sitting in chairs with five (laughs) (laughs) with with five pound weight can't please take pictures of you doing that 
please. Well, the th- I said the doll. I said, you know, this isn't for me. You know, on some level, it's f- it is for her. She might get something out of it. But I said, anyway, I'm going to support Delise and go with her because we've signed up with it and it might create some decent material. Yes, but it will. it's way off base for what I was looking for, to be honest. Hey, by the way, that that system of having to book ahead. Oh. You know, that's every go- every golfer listening is like, yeah. So it's like literally, it, it, even in Clublink, which is a great company that I do work for, yeah. uh, you have to, you, you, it's, it's all summer long. Some clubs are five days for your home club. Some are seven days. But just what you described, being there at 7 a.m. when the system opens up is kind of part of the, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised how at the popularity mm-hmm. of pickleball mm-hmm. that they have that system. But mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I, I, they when when you dropped in and you said, "Hey, we just want to play," they probably all just laughed at you. Well, yeah, we just were here for pickleball, and she said, "You know, did you register?" And I said, "No, it's a drop in." And she and then she told us the system, right? And it really sucks for us because we want to do it together. So you can click through, and there might if there's one spot left. Well, which I ended up taking. Doll's going to come and watch and get a feel for it, but even that. It's to me. It's it's not going to be competitive enough for what I'm looking for. So they have a they have an 18 plus at a few other facilities outside of the seniors that I think I'm going to sign up for. I think it's and fantastic easy, and easier just, to get into. I just can't can't wait till you're in a class of 80 year old women with a band oh, and stretching wow. and all that stuff. Hi guys. It's just like Hi yeah, guys. It's, Hi it guys. Was okay, we've got uh, a bunch to get through here, so let's uh, let's plow let's plow plow forward. Uh, subject matter, Henry and Palma. Eric Magditch, our good friend, our Brampton friend, uh, checks in and he says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, two things. My wife and I went on a road trip in September where we passed through North Dakota and Montana. Uh, my last two states. Yes, now I've visited all 50 states. You should do that, too, as part of your Aging with Energy show. Nice idea. But more importantly, we went up into Saskatchewan for the first time in our lives, and we have now visited all 10 provinces. And, of course, we had to see Mac the Moose and Henry Street. Isn't that Highlights. Great? That's fantastic. That Highlights really of the trip. And apparently he attached a photo. Of Henry Street to this, um, you know what? It's I didn't. I don't. I'm looking at it now, Eric, and uh, it says photo proof on your Facebook. Oh, I'm sorry, on Facebook. I apologize, Eric. I haven't. He put it on your Facebook, apparently. Um, Okay, I'll go look. I don't know if he would have known exactly what number on Henry Street, but it doesn't matter. The very fact that he went that's like being in. That's like being in In Hollywood, uh, one of the stars' homes. I thought you were going to say Liverpool. Stars homes. It's like being in Liverpool. Yeah. It's like being in Liverpool going to visit the home of the Beatles. Is that what you were going to say? That's, no, you weren't. No, I was going to say it reminds me of, uh, again, when I was in um, Los Angeles, the Hollywood. We took the Hollywood tour of the stars' homes and how I felt when I saw Desi and Lucy, uh, their house. Oh, That's really funny. Sent a chill up my spine. Um, I'm going to see. Oh, yeah. Anyway. By the way, no, there's Eric. I have a, I'm Eric, I'm seeing the picture now, and he's put it on my Facebook. Howard, my first time in Saskatchewan. There it is on the corner of Henry Street and Ninth Avenue. Not very close to where I lived, for sure. And uh, that's really, really sweet, man. Yeah. Well, it's not like you'd have to spend a lot of time finding it in Moose Jaw, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> really, it's, it's not like Toronto where there'd be multiple Henry Streets. Uh-huh. 
Anyway, uh, a further note from um, Eric. I finally went to Palma Kitchen, Palma's Kitchen. After Humble berated me for sending emails about Burton Meats, I felt so dejected. I finally made my way to Anthony's place. Just, just, my wife I, and I, hang on a second. Just mm-hmm. to be clear, Eric, that wasn't me berating him. That was you, wasn't it? Because I've never been to uh, Burton Meats. Wasn't that your thing where you were telling these guys not to go because of some steak? Yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that you, though? You and Darren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told about Darren not wanting us to tell other people right. in case they'd be sold out. And and I don't mind, but he says, after Humble berated me for sending emails, like, I've never yeah. even been there. No, this it's common. People often mix up what you and I say and who said it. Anyway, my wife and I were pleasantly surprised. Lots of stuff. Good frozen selection. Plus, my wife found some uh, kabasa. Yes. Uh, way cheaper than uh, the one we usually buy at Metro. Great store. We left with $100 worth of stuff. We'll be back. Long-time listener and OG HundyP, Eric from Brampton. Heart rate pretty good. Uh, bowel movements frequent and usually at inappropriate times. So he shits himself a lot. Apparently, <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. What is inappropriate? There's no, I don't think there's any inappropriate time to have a sit-down. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. All right. Uh, this from Paula Seidenkrantz uh, and the subject line, I thought you'd be overwhelmed with mail. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. We were one day into a week-long vacation in Europe when we saw the devastating news from Israel. I immediately thought of you, Howard, and your family, as well as some other Jewish acquaintances. We were shocked beyond belief and could not sleep that night, no matter our exhaustion. Every time I closed my eyes, I kept thinking and seeing the poor innocents who were killed and those kidnapped to be subjected to who knows what. It is surprising to me that no one has commented. This came literally last Thursday afternoon, so there's been plenty since. Because I thought you would receive an abundance of emails, which is why I didn't compose something at the time. To add to the pain, my piece of shit MPP Sarah James, or Sarah Jama, made a statement about ending all occupation of Palestinian land and end apartheid with no no condemnation of the slaughter by Hamas. I did not. I would never vote for this radical. There is an excellent column in the Hamilton Spec today by Jason Waxman, the president of the Hamilton Jewish Federation. She signs off hugs, Paula Seidenkrantz, and Randy McPherson. And um, I think that was... uh, Probably for a lot of people, they didn't know what. Well, two different things. Excuse me. <clears throat> the people didn't know what to say. Three, actually. Didn't know what to say to me. And just assumed there would be an abundance of, you know, comments. And I, I think last Thursday, what I was sort of reflecting or, or reacting to was, because I, I remember before the show last Thursday, I said, do you not think it's curious? Forget me and the fact that I'm a Jew. I just felt it was curious in total that there was no reaction from our audience, regardless of me and my background. I just thought it was odd that four days had gone by and people hadn't commented about it. But as you know, we've learned, you know, mm-hmm. people again, didn't know what to say, didn't think it would be, you know, it's a pretty heavy subject, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought mm-hmm. that was a great email from Paula kind of summing up sort of what, what the last few uh, days have been here on the show and with uh, the audience. So thank you, Paula. Seidenkrantz. Your thoughts? Anything? Thank you, Paula. All right, moving on then. Yes. All right. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. The 
Subject, uh, congrats. This is from our friend, Fred Ball. Fred Ball. Hi, guys. Oh, sorry. I got ahead of you there. Does he say hi, guys? Well, he actually says hi. Hey, Howie and Freddie. So that's a different kind of hi, guys. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, Freddie. He said, congratulations on 12 years. I always knew you guys would go as long as you wanted. You have the brand. You have the determination. You have the time. Maybe this year you'll find some talent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you always say? Fuck you, Ball. That's so typical of Ball. He says that's a joke. Uh, We know, Freddie. I mean, that's just standard Fred Ball right there. Anyway, he goes on to uh, talk about uh, how he used to listen to the show um, when he had to commute to work half there and half back. And then he did our first run of T-shirts, and his son wore one way out there at... uh, well, no, up at Blue Mountain Operations when he worked there. And he said a lot of older guys would come up and say, hey, where'd you get that T-shirt? Is that from a museum? <laughs> and then Andrew, his son, would show them how to listen to our show, which was great. So thank you, Fred, for uh, those comments very much. And he also says, uh, any podcast award ceremony that doesn't include Humble and Fred has no credibility and it's irrelevant motherfuckers uh keep it going with greatness freddie ball yeah Freddie. Thank, thank goodness he didn't tell us about his bowel movements yeah he just said keep mm. it going i love that fred thank you very well he does include his uh, cell phone does he want us to give that out to people yeah sure <laughs> why not exactly 416-580 for right now he's, he's gonna shit himself uh, thanks, Freddie Ball. And oh, wait, wait. And thanks to uh, Nancy. We had mentioned yes. Fred's uh, other half, better half, whatever. Uh, the, the most the sweetest person, Nancy Ball, who uh, we worked with at CFNY. You worked with longer than I did, but such mm-hmm. a nice note from Nancy uh, about the situation and just a, a very sweet uh, outpouring. So. I I had picked out uh, I don't know how many I've done I think I've got let me tell, I think I've got a couple do you have one more to go yes okay good hi guys uh, Randy hi Wood guys. says I listened hi to guys. your I'm sorry this uh, subject my uh, subject line Israel and uh, doesn't say hi guys so I'll assume it's implied hi guys I listened to your Monday podcast today almost caught up and realized my email re humble Israel and being Jewish was totally wrong. In terms of how humble feels, you're absolutely right. If Canada's government made a decision that caused world controversy, people would not go around painting maple leaves on the houses of Canadians in other countries. In fact, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine what Jewish people that are citizens of other countries go through. Great point, mm-hmm. Randy. And that was also my point on that was to my point on Monday that. You know, you can have a problem with the Israeli government. You can call it apartheid, and that's a conversation. And there's people that would say you're wrong, but it doesn't mean that you're in Australia or uh, Britain or Germany, and you're starting to uh, Holocaust. You're not. You're just starting to get that whole Holocausty vibe again. So that was what I, I was reacting to. It's crazy. You know, it's a dream of mine, and I talk about it, and I know it can't be enacted, and especially in a country such as this that, you know, prides itself in being so free. But I just wish there was some kind of punishment, some kind of law against religious and political conflict in other countries being exercised on Canadian soil. I just wish there was something. You know, and I know if people step over the line and it becomes, you know, um, 
assault or you know property damage i get those are in place but just even generally i just you know we got a good thing going here in canada just fucking keep that shit out of here please thank yeah, you you know i mean yeah you, i know you can't yeah i mean the, you, the uk people have um you know it's the, it's the right to Mm-hmm. You know, religious, uh, whatever that is. I don't know what the actual wording is, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I know what you're. I mean, the thing is, people come here from all over the world, and they mm-hmm. bring conflicts from all over the world and protest those conflicts here. And I guess that's just the way it is. I, I don't mind, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm not quite with you. I don't mind. And go ahead, protest it. Just don't put stars of David on people's homes. Yes, you know, yes. have your free speech. You know, you have your rights. Mm-hmm. Palestinians have all the rights in the world to feel how they feel. Well, doing that to someone's home would actually would be illegal. Yeah, it would be a hate crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I uh, was going to read one more about the Israeli uh, situation. How many do you have left? You, you should have one more to go. I have one. I'm going to paraphrase it, though, Howard. Okay, well, let me do my, let me do my last. I, sh- I shouldn't. I'm mm-hmm. skipping over. I think I skipped over one. There's Hamas. There's a bunch of Hamas ones. It's mine next, right? Okay, I'll do this one. Hi, guys. Story backwards. This is Hi from uh, Vince McGrath. Hi, guys. Subject line, Hamas. Hamas. Hamasuses. And he says, hi, guys. He said, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, I was catching up over the weekend and earlier this week on... Isn't that interesting? You and I were just talking about that before the show. How many times have today alone people have mentioned catching up on shows? Yes. So that'll answer any questions we have about, you know, taking time away because there's people aren't doing this every single day. A lot of people do, mm-hmm. obviously, but there's a lot of catching up. He says, I was behind in my Humfred time. Uh, I just listened to the Thursday show when you were discussing the surprising lack of engagement from listeners to the grotesque, brutally exhibited grotesque brutality exhibited by Hamas in the name of Islamic religion. He goes on to talk about it and... Um, and he expresses his feelings. The barbarians have no value for human life, not their own or anyone else's. I have a motto that many others have taught me along the way. I try to live it and live by it. And it is what I do on this. This is his motto. What I do on this earth in this life is is for what I know is real. I am looking to be thought of as a decent human being here and now. And as for, ever, as for whatever comes next, hopefully that gets me into that club as well, but I'm not looking too far ahead that it makes me squint, which is very nice and well thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. This is his last line. Did you, I don't know if you remember saying this. He says, keep up the great work. I notice nothing that you guys need to change. Keep on doing what you do. Vincent McGrath, no bowel movement information. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. You think after somebody goes to that much trouble... They would, we don't, why would I, we don't need to mention whether he has bowel movements or heart rates, but we assume he has both. Thanks, Vince. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, subject, this one's for Fred. It's from uh, Beck Clark. Beck Clark. Hi, guys. Sorry. Hi, guys. <laughs> so, I was reading something else. Yes, hi, guys. Uh, Beck, uh, there's a large paragraph here about his anguish. Uh, with the Maple Leafs, very consistent with mine. He says, you know, at this current moment, I'm watching the game. I can picture Fred's sarcastic laugh well covered in his Sambo, a Campbell's soup blanket. Uh, 
you know, he's talking about four turnovers I've just seen. Matthews can't keep the puck. Marner uh, just gave it away and all this stuff. Anyway, he says he's 38, lifelong fan, fully aware of the disappointment. I'm still confident enough to say the Leafs will come out on top in this particular game, but that will fade in a few weeks. Uh, anyway, and then some more stuff about the uh, the Leaf game. Uh Howard, he says, I hope your spirits are staying up with this horrible war massacre. It wasn't a good feeling listening to the podcast today, knowing you weren't feeling 100% supported. You have a lot of love coming your way from all those around you, and I can't wait to hear some of the emails you're going to read this week that will back that up. And we've just been through that, of course. Bowel movement's normal. No idea what my resting heart rate is, but I'm sure it's higher while watching the Leafs and listening to you guys talk about Trump. Take care, guys. Beck. Nice job. Thank you very much. Excellent. And Hi our guys. last one today. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. And um, I should acknowledge, this is uh, subject line, congratulations, Charlie. Uh, not the only note I got. This is from uh, Caroline. Uh, Caroline. But I just want to also mention that somebody named D. Gritan- Doug. I'm sorry. Doug Gratani also had sent a note uh, about my daughter. They say, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Caroline says, uh, guys, I really enjoyed hearing about Charlie's marathon experience. I have done the waterfront half marathon a number of times and could really relate to all the emotions she went through. She should be beyond proud of this accomplishment. A very small percentage of the population actually ever finishes a marathon. Well done, Charlie. Congratulations, and I picked that one out specifically to end these emails on a positive note of, uh, you know, accomplishment, uh, parental pride, uh, sweet character, Charles. And uh, apparently I'm going to see mm-hmm. Charlie this uh, Charlie this weekend. He's coming over to, uh, it's so funny, because I'm not sure people either remember or know that Spencer lives with me now, my youngest. Mm-hmm. And Spencer and I were talking last night. She goes, yeah, Charlie's coming over for a sleepover Friday night. I said, oh, that'll be great. And uh, she goes, yeah, we're going to be watching movies and stuff. And I said, you right. And, and my invited. She's like, no. And I said, where? Where? Yeah. She's like, I said, <laughs> where, where are you going to be? That's what I said. I said, so where would you, where do I get to go? She goes, well, we want to watch a movie, daddy. And I'm like, well, so I, I, I can't. I said, that's fine. I'll go downstairs. But I just thought it was funny. It's like, yeah, we're, we're having a sleepover. But both of my kids will be here. And apparently would, would be, would, the preference would be that I'm not around. <laughs> so, uh, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. That's how you get a hold of us and emails uh, and such. You know, I'm thinking of running a marathon. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to run a marathon. Right, I'm going to find a chick named Mary and run around her thong. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Just wow. You know who? You know who's gonna like that joke? When Me? You're, no. <laughs> when you're in your uh, stretch class. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Fuck. They're gonna love it. Um. Okay. Uh. This. Let me do this before you do one of yours because this uh, email program is brought to you by Palma Pasta. Actually, I'm um, heading there with the girls this weekend because... Oh, here's another great thing. Charlie's having a party at her home on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, we're going to shop at Palma Pasta for some snacks for the uh, kids. Yes. Again, they're happy to invite me to Palma Pasta so I can pay for it, but not invited to the party. 
Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, you know, part of being a dad. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food. From fresh pastas to sauces and prepared take-home entrees, just heat and eat. It really is uh, something else. Four locations in the GTA, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. And their signature store, Palma's Kitchen, which is where we go and get their groceries. You And now you've heard people doing it. It's amazing. You can order online if you can't make it there. And uh, catering services available for uh, home or corporate events, large or small. Palmapasta.com. Hey. Yes. Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim was by yesterday. More valuable information. Uh, what about your portfolio? Are your investments tax effective? He went through several points on things you have to think about as you invest. You know, keeping it away from the tax man, paying your fair share, but still being prudent when it comes to the tax implications of your investments. Again, yesterday's show, if you want to revisit that, uh, he's the Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Mm. Uh, we'll wait for uh, Dan Durant. So uh, you're basically done except for uh, the Chamber Chambers plan. plan. All right. Should I give that to you right now? No, let me, let me do one. Uh, double shot power? I'm going to do double shot power. Okay, right uh, on. I want to make sure I get these guys on this week. It's been a couple days, I think. Of course, I'm talking about Boron 1. Oh, here comes Dan Duran. Um, and we've been talking about the... Uh, you know, the... Just how rare it is for a mining company to actually get boron out of the ground. Hello, Dan. Hey. Um, it's, it's, you know, the number of items that contain boron in homes, because we've talked about industry this week, roofing materials, wallboard, paint, fiberglass insulation. When used as a treatment for construction materials, there's wood, plastic, bricks, pipes, and wires. Boron helps to protect from mold, fungus, and insects. Uh, we tell you these things so that you'll get at least a, a, an inkling of what boron is and how common it is in all kinds of parts of uh, society, including the uh, screen that you're looking at now, the phone or your computer screen. And boron1.com is where you find out more about the company that is about to be taking boron out of the ground in the next one to three years. Actually, more like three years. But they're at a point now that most junior mining companies never get to. And now might be a time to have the retirement Sherpa or your Sherpa have a look at this as a possible addition to your portfolio. We make no claims about, you know, stock prices or any of that stuff. Just it's a great company. They support us. And we'd like you to have a look at them. Boron1.com. Daniel? Yep. Yep. What's going on? Oh, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, Lisa just came back at the door and heard Fred's joke and said something about, oh, boy. My one to kill herself. Dirty old man, something or other. And it's like, and then she <laughs> wandered away. <clears throat> wasn't uh, Not the audience, apparently. Well, I try. Where Jesus you? Christ, I try. God knows I try. God knows I try. <laughs> God only knows. He tries yeah. to amuse himself, the man. The thing yeah. about, some again, somewhere in your brain you went, I know what I'll do. I'll say Marathon and see how the hell man reacts. Marathon, Howard. Marathon, right? I'm going to run a Marathon. Get the joke yeah. right, please. Get yeah. the joke right. Oh, well, Jesus Christ. Yeah, God forbid you screw that up. 
the whole fuck these, up my jokes. <laughs> you screw the setup to that, you've you've lost the audience. Well, of course, Mary Mary Thon wouldn't make no, sense. No, wouldn't make Mary no Thong. sense. Mary Thong Howard. Yeah. Um, you should really collect these jokes and then publish a you know a thin thing. A very thin. Yeah. <laughs> very thin. Well, one joke per page. You know, it's he's come up with uh, about one every three three days or so on the show. He's mm-hmm. got a collection. He just has to go back and I find know, them. I know, I know. You know, and then you can chapters, you know, uh, jokes for mm-hmm. you know, John and I'll never for, criticize myself for trying. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good that you're, you know, a positive influence on yourself there. <laughs> um, Dan, have you acquired any news? Or would you, are you in an emotional state where you're ready to I do got that? Some, I got something that kind of, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this kind of thing for a while. So. Oh, have you? So I'm, I'm going to yeah. expect it to be uh, top-notch news information. Top-notch, top-notch stuff. Here All right, go. here we go. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice mm-hmm. and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Dan and Lisa's house, featuring top-notch news information here is movie anchorman Daniel J. Giebert Duran. Vaping is not good for the planet. With the growing popularity of disposable cigarettes, communities across the U.S., this is a story that you can source in uh, CTV News today, uh, they're confronting a new vaping problem, how to safely get rid of millions of small battery-powered devices that are considered hazardous waste. The devices contain nicotine, lithium, and other metals, and cannot be reused or resold because they just it, so there's and they aren't supposed to go in the trash. Uh, the batteries, uh, same highly sought after metal that you use to power electric vehicles and cell phones, but the quantities quantities used in vaping device, devices are too small to warrant salvage. Their their batteries are soldered to the device, and it makes it very impractical to recycle them. So a lot of them are just getting incinerated, and the the you just have no idea how many there's disposable vaping pens, ones that can't be refilled, account for about fifty three percent of the U.S. vaping market. Wow! And it's uh, like there's like twelve million uh, vaping pens that are thrown away every month in the u.s so this brings the point this is what i've been thinking about for a while it's how is it possible is this a, would you call this a dandaran editorial yes it would be okay yeah. how is it possible <laughs> that all these companies come out with stuff that's not good for our planet and we haven't figured out a way to bring them back into a recycling zone even in ontario i mean i don't know what the long-term plans are i know that there's a lot of you know talk out there about bringing you know like getting straws um, paper straws instead of the plastic ones because they cannot be recycled. But you'd think it would be beholden on the companies that produce something that to make it so it can be recyclable. So don't come up with a new plastic that can't be recycled. It's up to you to you know figure out how to get it back and and being able to be reused in some way. That's just my thought on the whole thing. It's because we're just we're going down. We're going down is what's the problem. Dan, I like that. I, I think that should be a regular feature. We should say, I have some music to say. Now, a Dan Duran editorial. 
Because uh, people are selfish. Everybody, you know, everybody has a great idea on how we're going to save the environment until it becomes inconvenient for them. Yeah, but I, I do agree that's with you. problem. I agree. Well, that, that's, that's the after problem. But I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, it, it should be incumbent on companies when they're coming up with a, an idea that it should, that part of the R&D process now going mm-hmm. forward, forget about what's happened uh, because we're dealing with that or trying to. But going yep. forward, the creation mm-hmm. of new products should have to have a component where you can't, it just can't be like, oh, sorry, sorry, we didn't realize this was non-recyclable. But we'll think about that. The next, that, that I do agree. That should be part of new product development. And go. then the government proposes that and the companies say, you know what this will do to costs? And then the government goes, boy, if all these costs rise, people will blame us for the cost of living. Hmm. Maybe we won't do that now. Maybe a fair point. But I mean, mm-hmm. if we're, at some point in a line, some point, 25 years ago, that line in the sand should have been. Oh, yeah. Going forward, the creation of products should have to have an element where it can't just go into a landfill. Mm-hmm. But just for, put that, a pin mm-hmm. in that for a second. I, I've, there's a, Spencer was watching it last night, but I'm going to watch it. There's a documentary on um, Netflix right now called uh, Something Vape. It's about the creation of that jewel vape uh, oh, yeah. mechanism. That, you know, it's, it made billions of dollars. I did a, a thing in 20... Somewhere in the last 10 or whatever years, since we've been doing the show, I went to, uh, maybe it was 2016, I went to Mexico and hosted a cigarette company's, I know, that's right, I took money from Big Tobacco, Dan, Um, a cigarette company's uh, annual general meetings, and they had all these different uh, events, and at the time, the vapes and the sort of uh, tobacco-less cigarette products were being developed. They're very widespread, at the time, they were in in, uh, Asia. And at the time, there were these little cartridges that would go into a cigarette-looking thing. Hmm. Um, so you would get the nicotine without all the tars and all the other shit. But then the vape thing kind of leapfrogged that. See, I was under the impression all that stuff was reusable, but, you know, nothing. I mean, I guess it is to a certain extent, right? But then at some point, it's got to go. So, Well, there are reusable pens. But mm-hmm. this, the, but yeah. it's because it's more convenient to just throw them out and buy another one, and probably the cost of that is not that much. So it's like, well, do I buy a little cartridge and you know? Well, that's do what that, with I it? think that's the point I was trying to make. I thought I thought the idea was to buy you buy one uh, uh, mechanism and you just keep refilling the cartridges in it, right? And but is it's, this yeah. But it's no, it's it's migrated into being disposable, where now the right. majority is disposable as opposed to refillable. Yeah. Well. I know one thing. If I was still a cigarette smoker, I'd be a vapor. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Well, I'd vape it. And how does this compare to people dumping cigarette butts wherever they're standing? You know, I'm watching this uh, Netflix uh, series called uh, Top Boy, I believe it's called. Um, Top Boy? Mm-hmm. It's about drug wars in London through Jamaica. and Very interesting. I have to uh, put the subtitles on. Uh, to understand it, but it's very compelling. But one thing I've noticed in this show is like constantly these guys are uh, smoking and no matter where they are, they just throw their cigarette butts. And that's always driven me nuts. I guess the more people get away from smoking, the less we'll have to worry about that. But it's still something that is a problem, just like the one you talked about vaping, the byproduct of these shitty habits. Yeah, the thing about vaping that I'm intrigued by 
and it does intrigue me as somebody that used to smoke 35 cigarettes a day is mm. um, because you can it doesn't have any odor mm-hmm. it, it, it delivers it's the nicotine delivery system that's on some level got to be better for you than you know choking back all the tars and the other you know millions of things in cigarettes mm-hmm. to make them appealing because it's you know again I've never done it because I haven't smoked since they've been around but uh I do know some people that do it. In fact, I saw this dude the other day in a golf course who was smoking what looked like a cigar down. I, I, for a second there, I thought he was. a. It was a, a vape mechanism machine, or whatever they're called, like a big stogie. <laughs> I saw, oh, really? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> fuck, man. It's a big stogie vape, you know? It's a big reservoir for all that uh, vaping juice. Yeah, man. It's a lot of, yeah. That's what it is, vaping juice. Yeah. Hey, well, Lauren Boebert, she smokes, uh, so, smokes oh, in, yeah. uh, in theaters. Hmm. So the only thing she smokes <laughs> top fucking top boy. Um, uh, speak, uh, Dan, that was very well presented. Thank you for your editorial. Mm. And uh, now it's that time of the day we uh, talk to our top boy. Toronto. It's uh, Toronto Mike, everyone. Producer extraordinaire, host of Toronto Mike, the podcast who, uh, even though uh, Toronto Mike started after Humble and Fred Radio, Mike is putting up Hall of Fame numbers. Uh, Mike has been waiting in the uh, Zoom waiting room for about, I don't know, three minutes. He just put up four new episodes. Hello. 12 years of Humble and Fred I think Fred's joke about Mary Stong Is the all-time worst joke I've ever heard On Humble and Fred Radio Excellent Well, it's hard to put that into a category, really um, <laughs> You know, there's a There's a lot that Hey, listen, you know, what do they say? You, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Mike okay? That's it, Howie You That's miss a, it Like, you know, I'm a I can be a jokester You know, maybe you're not aware of that And lots of times I think Well, I'm going to say this Don't know if it's going to work or not Oh, that's, uh, that's it I thought, you know I'm going to throw this out there And see what the reaction is And uh, now I know <laughs> Not to say I won't use it again somewhere Yeah, please, somewhere You never know Just, yeah, Consider please. your audience As they say <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say Please use it somewhere um, Yeah Michael Michael Maybe you should do a Johnny check Like if you wouldn't tell the joke to Johnny Then don't tell a joke uh, Would that work? Hmm yeah, well, that's yeah, maybe, a little. I don't know. When it comes to the dad style Dan, joke, yeah, yeah Dan I, Dick I, jokes would go out the window. Johnny's mm. a bit young for thong jokes. Yeah, that's true, Howie. <laughs> but you know what? One day, we'll put that aside. Well, one day, put that on a post-it note. Um, <laughs> Toronto, Mike. Yeah, twelve years. We. Uh, I thought we. You, you, I saw your note. Like maybe we didn't get the timelines right, or maybe we got a couple things wrong. Maybe that's why you're here because you're still young enough to remember some of this shit. Also, I've been documenting it along the way. Like, so as it happened, I would write about it on torontomike.com. So then I could go back. Like, for your 10th anniversary, I went through everything I've written about Humble and Fred, and I put together a, what I think is a very accurate timeline. Like, it includes everything from the Kingston experience to Sirius XM to Funny 820 to when Dan started joining daily after the, uh, weather gig, uh, in Peterborough evaporated. So it's all there, and I put the link on your Facebook page like a few days ago so yeah, you can read it was very nice very detailed very detailed and, and, and the podcast the, the four of us go back I think it was was it just the four of us in December 
uh, I want to say of 2006 was when we gathered at Dan's uh, office there in the cool area of Toronto West, and we mm-hmm. sat down with him. I, was it just really you, me, Dan, and... and uh, no, no, no. Uh, Pete Cuno was right. there. Yes. Bob Willett dropped by. So uh, a bunch of people dropped by, and there was family members. Like, I have photos from that day, and, like, I can see a young uh, Charlie Glassman is there. Like, there's a bunch of people who collected. And in, in really, that first one, we did that. Yep, December 2006. So that wow. would have been our very first Humble and Fred podcast. And between December of 2006 and 2011, over those five years, we probably did uh, how many? Five, uh, eight, five ten? Five or six, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, like, there was some at Proud FM. Yep. There was a couple at Dan's house. There was one at Dominion, this bar, a Queen Street bar that we did a 25th anniversary show. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Nick Kiprios and uh, who else was Tyler there? Stewart uh, Tyler was there. Stewart. Right. And the reason we did it there was it was just down the street from an office I was working at. Um, right. Back me pictures. And, oh, rest uh, in peace, Rick. I think about him once in a while. Yeah, Rick Rama. And by the way, RIP, his brother, uh, Tom, also passed away. They always did stuff together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did. Right. They, were, uh, they, were, they were very close. <laughs> Tom Rick hey, and, uh, that's Harry. pretty funny. That's no Mary Thong, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> One correction I'd like to make. Just it's not a big. I mean, your recollection is pretty good, but you do uh, forget how people listened when we came back to do a daily in October 2011. So I heard Fred talking, oh, you, you know, you had to like play it off a website, but you were, uh, you could subscribe to Humble and Fred in iTunes when we launched the daily show in October 2011. Yeah, I think I made that point where you'd have to go to iTunes and click on the episode and yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that was like the, that was the, the podcast subscription service of choice back then was mm-hmm. iTunes. And today it's amazing. There's like a hundred of them, but a lot of people are listening on Spotify right now and uh, another podcast. You, is, well, there's a good question. Is Spotify more popular as a platform than iTunes or would it be the other way around? It, it's close and it's not iTunes anymore. So they, they call it Apple podcast. Right, now, right, but right. Apple mm. and Spotify are the two big boys in the, the game. Yeah, we're also available on iHeartRadio too. Yeah, are we? You're, like, yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know if on uh, I don't, Real Player is the chorus Rogers one. I'm not sure we're available on that one, but no, you're uh, you're there. on iHeartRadio. The the uh, there's a podcast app they have, and you're mm-hmm. there, and you're like you know people. Some people use TuneIn, some people use you know Podcast Addict. There's literally like a hundred of these things, but you're everywhere. And I just want to say, I don't know if we buried the lead, but uh, twelve years of consistently pumping out a revenue generating podcast is unprecedented in this country, and you guys should take a bow. Yeah, it is. Thank you, thank you, Toronto Michael. Uh, yes, thanks, bow. Mike. Come on, Fred. Mm-hmm. Bow. Come on. Uh, I'm well, just looking here on the uh, Apple uh, podcast charts because I, I, I get the uh, I get this sent to me daily. We've been hovering around the uh, top 200 the last couple of weeks. Here's what happens. Whenever we do new shows, usually by the end of that week, we'll dip into the top 200. I think I saw it yesterday. We're like at 224, but we've been in the 170s. And again, what I like to point out is that's including mainly American famous Bill Burr's and Club Randoms in there, and then the top ones, of course, Smartless and Conan O'Brien, and all on and on. And then you basically add up the number of Canadian ones, and there's only about ten of us in right. the comedy and category. 
Also, I think it's remarkable to still rank after 12 years because the only thing that moves the needle in this uh, undisclosed Apple algorithm is new subscriptions. So, like, if you have, I'm going to make up numbers, but if you have 10,000 subscribers because they've been with you for, I don't know, for years, since Voldemort at least, then, like, only new subscriptions will work in that algorithm to mm-hmm. put you higher. So I would say it has nothing to do with how many listens or downloads. It's all about new subs and it's amazing mm. 12 years running and still like rank there. And maybe Dan, you could add that to your uh, pleading <laughs> at the end of our show where you say, please tell your friends to subscribe to humble and friend. It makes a difference. And cause I'll tell you what I use that chart for besides it's fun braggadociously. Uh, like I used it recently and to, to help with the client proposal and because it's a nice little thing to say you know perennially ranking in the top 200 on the itunes comedy podcast chart does uh, actually does us some good so do it do it and you kick ass in bermuda oh man people love us in bermuda would the comedy category be the widest too or would news well news sports you? sports is a big one right sports yeah. is a huge one, but comedy is a, a massive category that's another yeah. good like, no, I know it is. Like, yeah. We move you into, there's a category called Judaism. I think you yes. could be number one every single week in Judaism. No, I, 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 know, you, I know you're trying to be funny, um, but uh, no, 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 no one's trying to be funny after Marathon. I'm going to run a Marathon. <laughs> I like it. Um, no, no, that is true, because we could pick a category that we would have a much loftier. Um, a less competitive ranking. one, yes. But, you know, comedy's huge. And like as you old, say, there's so many in there. It's, a lot of the people get their ranking just based on who they are, where it may not even be as entertaining as this show. But because of who they are, oh, yeah. uh, they get the ranking. But what other category? I mean, what is it? Old radio guys? Is that a category? <laughs> what are no, the categories? Stuff. What's your category, Mike? Uh, personal journals. Yeah, that kind of, you know. I like that's that. for like, because it's, you know, I have a Dan Duran, never Dan Duran himself, but a Dan Duran mm-hmm. type person comes over. And right. Here's where, Dan, where should we go? Um, news, comedy, society and culture, health and fitness, sports, business, true crimes, education, TV and film. Like there's, those are all fiction. What are you in, Mike? In, uh, uh, personal journals, it's called. Yeah. Well, it's not on that. It's not listed. It's a subcat. So there's, you're, you got head categories. Right, like, right. Like, okay. Well, Mike, that's what we should do. How about corny? <laughs> we should find well, is there, is there a subcategory of comedy. Yes. Yeah. Cheesy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Corny. Is there news or something like that? You can yeah. also go in. Yeah. There is so news. Like, news or, or, you know, uh, political commentary or something. I mean, is this something you select to put yourself in or yes. is that something that they put you in? No, no, you put it in your XML file. Okay. Oh. Here's what you should do, Dan. Every day, take your segment out of this show and send it into the news um, category and watch you zoom to the top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do right. that. Then I'd have to care about it more, but okay, sure. <laughs> That's right. It's, we should put Dan in the mm. news and penis category. While we recognize a dozen years, which is amazing. Now, one quick note is that when we started this and then throughout until a couple of years ago, to be honest, I only like I thought the whole goal, like to me, the whole goal was that you guys were going to I wanted you to be a fiercely independent podcast. I know you kept mm. things mm. with Sirius XM and Funny 820 and mm. But I always said, okay, you guys should be a podcast, podcast only. Meanwhile, I found out a couple of years ago that 
and you've talked about it recently that your goal was to get another radio gig out of this. So it's like we we completely this thing started up, you know, 12 years ago and I'm thinking no, fuck radio. Even 12 years ago, like we're a podcast, we're independent. Meanwhile, it sounds like uh, the the radio gig was the objective at first. Well, yeah, but remember, you really weren't day to day with us in the early part. Like when, yeah, I mean, you helped us get it up and running, but it, it, it was a while before we had any idea what a podcast was and how we could, what we could do. It was, so for the first six to whatever months to a couple of years, we just thought, well, at some point, if some radio station offered us real radio station money, we would have to look at it. Well, of course, that's the point. I mean, it's, you know, you could have these noble uh, sort of uh, stances on, you know, rejecting radio and everything. But even back then, I mean, let's face it, you know, it was dollars and cents. It was, okay, this podcast, yeah, we want to, follow this route and it's going to be great and everything but look what it pays and at that time 10 years ago what a radio station could have paid it's like a no-brainer you couldn't turn your back on that and say no i'm gonna keep with this podcasting thing i don't even mean for it to be critical like i know it sounds i'm not being critical it's more like i know oblivious to the objective i took it as complete criticism (laughs) 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 no i know mike and and we you know i think but i think you knew it at the time maybe you have forgotten that uh you know it it wasn't we just didn't know what this was. We thought, well, this will be fun for us to do. And Freddie and I had this discipline muscle from being on the radio for so long that we could, we could only see ourselves doing it every day, every day. I'm, just, I'm looking through the categories, Fred, of all these famous people that do podcasts. Kevin Hart and uh, the Colbert, uh, uh, Jim Jeffries. They're doing it once a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I may, too, to just... Um. Well, t- tell it the way it was, the way it is. Um, the way it was. When we went to do Kingston, it wasn't for very long. How many months? Ten months or something? Something like that, yeah. They paid us some pretty good coin. They really did. Yeah. And having that and being mindful of having to save and build a company and have a, uh, you know, a little um, a reservoir of money, so to speak, That'll, that really gave us a, a step up because the money we made from that, we got to use towards the ongoing podcast once that was gone. So it really did serve a purpose that way, too. And, and we talked earlier, I want to go over it again about the idea. We had this sort of dream of syndicating the show. Had that have happened, had we been on, you know, again, as we said earlier in the week, we were a bit ahead of our time because now it's all over the country. But at that time, we were really one of the few that did a show in one city for, for another city. And had that money had now increased from one station to five or even ten, that would have been, that would have been a real grown-up But at, at living. At the time, remember, I was 52. You were 56. We, were still, we still had another at least ten mm-hmm. years of thinking we were going to work ahead of us. Dan Duran, questions. Well, I was just uh, following up on uh, this ongoing discussion about the demise of radio. I found it interesting the other day. I, was, uh, I read an article where the, the Bell is suing the CRTC for approving a whole bunch of radio licenses without uh, ruling on their requests to uh, decrease the amount of local programming that they had to do as part of their promise of performance. That's overall big strokes of what what's going on i thought it was very weird that the one thing that you we've all talked about that the one thing radio does have is being hyper local 
And that's the thing they want to give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want to have to do hyper low. You'd think that would be a no brainer. It's like, well, you know, why, why would we argue about how, how much you know, money we have to spend on local stuff, <laughs> which is the one thing that they have as an advantage over, um, you know, like all the streaming services with, uh, with Spotify and the music that they get that way. I'm not going to name names. I was talking to a guy yesterday uh, that we know, and he was talking to a guy that we once worked for, was a big executive with one of the big companies. And he was telling this guy I was talking to yesterday that the worst is yet to, you ain't seen nothing yet as far as the demise of terrestrial radio, even television on some level. They just have no answers for this online stuff. And uh, again, Bad for people that work in terrestrial radio and whether that's a year from now, two years from now. But again, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's really no way out of this thing. And uh, Cora stock, we had talked about that a few weeks ago. You know, it was at a dollar two. You know, back in 2000, it was worth $48. Then it was a dollar two the day we talked about it. Yesterday, 89 cents. Um, just an example of no answers, no response, no and listen, if I if any of us were in the position to come up with a solution, what would that be? Well, I, I was going to say, I was going to yeah. say that I can't even mm-hmm. I can't even sit and quickly think. Okay, what mm-hmm. what what could they do? What what would mm-hmm. the solution be? Um, and again, feeling for people in radio that are going to lose mm-hmm. their jobs, but we've also been well, three of us of the four have been in radio our whole lives and lost our jobs multiple times. The Bringing it back to the point of this discussion about our 12 years, we lost our jobs. Let's not forget that I had a job at a pretty big radio station, um, now the number one radio station in Toronto, who, who basically said, how are we going to get to be number one? Oh, I know. We'll fire Howard. That was their work. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> That's what they did. It was they were like, I, what is what is holding us back from being? We'll just get rid of humble Colleen. And we'll just have one guy in there, and it was brilliant. But at the time, you know, I had a job making a pretty good living in radio. You had a job as a program director. I don't know if people know that. Um, maybe not making a great living, but it was no. not. No, but you were. It was a, an idea, stepping stone, a, yeah. on the way to something. Mm-hmm. And that was unceremoniously yanked from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, people don't know why Fred was fired, but. I have a suspicion that he told the marathon joke to somebody. <laughs> um, and so we we did this out of, we had nothing else. And yes, part of the plan was maybe people hadn't heard us together as a team for some number of years. And maybe would they remember? And as I pointed out, Vinay Menon's article in the Toronto Star, that was the leg up that we had. We had enough <laughs> residual brand equity to be, you know, famous enough, if you will, in quotations to to warrant that kind of, um, the, you know, the, the, the Toronto Star entertainment section. But that's a hard, that's a hard road for a lot of people. Um, and that's, that was Humble and Fred, the podcast was born out of necessity, is I guess the point of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. certainly. I was 51 years old. I had no job. And other than if you hadn't gotten fired, I often think, well, I guess what would I have done? I would have... You know, gone back to doing some video stuff and or uh, tried to get a gig in radio in some place. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it all worked out. Has it? (laughs) 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 Has it really? Well, yeah, I I, I can. I can't speak for Fred, but I can tell you for me that it's it's worked out beyond 
and up to and including the fact that we're about to go into our winter schedule where we can do the show wherever it is we winter. It's, got, it's, it's worked to a degree I could have never imagined on that day in October. Uh, I've, even this last couple of days, people asking me about retirement. I said, you know, if it hadn't been for the pandemic and the ability to do the show like we're doing it right now, we would have been done by now. I, there's no, I said, there's no way. You for think it. so? Well, here's what I said. I don't think, well, I was about you. I said, I don't think mm. Fred was going to want to continue driving into Toronto winter after winter and not being able to go away and, you know, and uh, not, you know, being gone or being mm. gone for two months of the show. And I'm here by myself. And yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I mean, you know, one of the good things about good things, you know, there are so many byproducts of COVID that have actually <laughs> created opportunity for people. Yep. And this is one for us. I mean, you know, the concept of what we're doing now with Zoom existed prior to COVID, but it just wasn't used in this manner, right? The fact that Would Dan, Dur- have- yeah, the mm-hmm. fact that Dan Duran's on our show. Look at him. Yeah. From his new home, his new matrimonial home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what was that other? There was a, not Zoom. What was the other Skype? Thing everybody. Uh, Skype. <clears throat> you know, I yeah. used with um, in Peterborough with the little general. We would have our meetings over Skype. And at the time, I'm thinking, do we really need to do this? Just call me. I don't need to look at you. But again, to his credit, it was a face to face and better quality. And, you know, it was a burgeoning media so to speak, it existed, uh, but you're still right. Does. You, still does. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, I, look, what, look what's grown from it. When I started uh, Swing Thoughts, uh, Tim O'Connor mm-hmm. would come into the, the office of the studio on a Saturday there on uh, in 30th Avenue in Etobicoke. And then, you know, he was driving in from Guelph and he didn't want to do mm-hmm. it. It burned the whole day. And he was the first one I did. I did the show on Skype with him. And he was also, by the way, the first one I'd ever gone into a Zoom meeting with. The point is that there's that whole area of you never know and we don't know because you can't go back in history and all that stuff. Maybe we would have, even without COVID, eventually latched onto this, you know, um, and done it this way anyway. But... Who knows? Well, and thank as, you. And, and and as far as doing the show for twelve years, I mean, it's uh, it's it's been fantastic. And I would never, um, you know, again, we don't know where what we would have done if we hadn't have done this. I'm just glad we've done it. <laughs> That's all I can say because it's a life experience and a sense of accomplishment thing. It's fantastic, wouldn't you say, Howie? I, I I agree, and uh, I can't say any anything else about that. You know, I mean, uh, somebody uh, just on Facebook we were talking about what the solution for radio is, and somebody said, "I think you guys have found it." Uh, Toronto Mike, uh, the Toronto Mike Experience, uh, TorontoMike.com, dot com, Toronto Mike, all things Toronto Mike, uh, Dan Duran, all the news that Dan Duran does, and uh, look for his new podcast, his new uh, podcast, Dan Duran's Penis Sings the News. <laughs> um mike do we have any yeah. guests ne- guess? oh. yes do we have any guests next week <laughs> and i'll tell you that penis has a big mouth oh that's right mm-hmm. wide yeah, mouth okay. bass <laughs> tuesday oh this is exciting uh founder lead singer uh primary songwriter of lowest of the low ron hawkins returns to the program always absurd. great to wait it's been a while we i think we even had ron in person probably the last time we had him on the show 
Uh, maybe layman, maybe one since then. But uh, they have a, there's a nice uh, lowest of the low documentary I saw the other day, and uh, we can talk about all that. But then on uh, Wednesday to talk about new things in tech, the new iPhone to break it down for everybody. Mark Saltzman returns to the program. Saltzy, that's great. I love mm-hmm. both those guys. Uh, have a great humble and Fred weekend. Thanks to everyone who emailed us, and thanks to oh hold on, nope. oh yep. chambers of commerce group oh, insurance. Plan. Wait a second, Fred, you didn't tell me that. Here, I'll tell you what. Let Sorry. Me, no, it's all right. I knew you had to, I just forgot. Sorry. Sorry. God. Fuck. There's so much angry. So angry, this show. Hang on a second. Here's a little... Uh... Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca. Get a free quote today. Uh, dental, uh, prescriptions, uh, therapies, mental health component. Uh, they even have an HR de- department, which can be very valuable for a small company that can't afford one. Figure it out. Again, go to chamberplan.ca, get a free quote. You'll find out how a benefits package for your small business, a 1 to 100 employees, is doable. Yes, it's doable. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. You're hanging up the phone again. I'm sure I've said this to Ron Hawkins before, and I, but every time I, for some reason, there are bands like Lowest of the Low, and I can name half a dozen of them if I thought about it, that really, for me, maybe not for you, because you were at CFNY before me, but this really makes, puts me in a place of the edge, the early, early days of the edge for me. You know, on my walk yesterday, I was listening to a collection of songs that I put together, and Venice's Sinking came on. Howard, I feel the same way about that song. Yep. You know, every time I hear that song, I must get a bit choked up for whatever reason. Yeah, it's got a melancholy. It's so it's, Canadian yeah, I, I, and so yeah. neat. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and that's why I said mm-hmm. it because uh, this band, these that song, uh, "Salesman Cheats and Liars," uh, mm-hmm. just for me as a disc jockey at the time, I can just it just puts me in that booth on Kennedy Road or on the 16th floor, just listening to songs that I wasn't really exposed to before I came here and bands that I wasn't familiar with and yeah so it'll be great catching up with Ron Hawkins they were in uh, they were in Peterborough oh yeah last week last week they were playing Market Hall in Peterborough yeah do uh, you all uh, is the, the theater guild ever for yeah. rent the theater guild ever for rent uh, for bands or performances like if I wanted the how man wanted to do his one man show uh, would the theater guild rent me the space to work it out yeah I'm sure uh, sure we would do that we haven't had any uh, rock uh, we've had some uh, fundraiser events with, with bands and, and done some musicals out of there but uh, yeah we'd be open to that there's yeah of course how about Hummel and Fred on the road? Yeah. Sure. Oh. We'd welcome you as well. I was thinking we could do that, and then we could also do my one-man show, The Moose Jew. That's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is another yeah. one. Definitely has that CFNY, The Edge, Hummel and Fred in the Morning. Love Marianne, uh, Mary, uh, Mary Ellen Benninger's news coming up. First lowest of the low. Jesus hangs Get the fucking post. Above Venetian doors, his window box boasts crimson flowers fresh cut the day before. And you couldn't find a smile if you nailed it to 
Okay, well, we've done a lot to show. Have a great Humble and Fred long weekend. Uh, we're back uh, next Monday, of course. Uh, this is the very first, this was the very first um, four day week. And it's exhausting, frankly. <laughs> uh, and also, we've been com- promising for a couple of weeks now, but uh, we're recording tomorrow some new episodes of Aging with Energy. Uh, mm. Look forward to that. New season. <laughs> That's right. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Golf season's over. We got to start uh, recording some shit. All right, brother. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Please tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast. Please tell your friends. Please, please. It really helps us out. Is that enough? Yeah, a lot, a lot more pleading. I love it. Yeah, yeah, good. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, dirty old men run a merry thong. For others, there's always a walk in nature. Either way, enjoy every goddamn day. Clap your hands. Where's